What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody has, has having a good Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. Welcome to a new show of the weekly sports show. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. Austin Ravage is with me to talk about some NBA and NFL news and a special preview of the 2019 NBA Finals. So Austin, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. Let's get to it. Let's get right to it. So first off, before we review the 2019 NBA Finals, let's do a reaction to Frank Vogel's uh, press conference as the as the 27th head coach of the LA Lakers. So, um, from what from what you heard Frank Vogel said about what his vision is on the Lakers, did you think he said the right things in that press conference? Yeah, I really did. I mean, I, I haven't been too thrilled or too high on Frank Vogel recently, and, and with this with this hire, but. I mean, yeah, I liked a lot of the stuff that he said, and, and I really liked the fact that he seemed to want to focus heavily on the development of the young players, which I think is going to be a huge key to the Lakers' success here in the near future. I mean, because LeBron needs, a, needs another helping hand, and he's going to need it from these young players. The Lakers' franchise can't just continue to try to bank on big-name free agent players because they haven't had a whole lot of success, a whole lot of success with the free agent uh, market uh, aside from LeBron James signing last year. So, I mean, they need a lot of these young guys to step up. And in the past couple of seasons, it's just kind of see, you've kind of seen a lot of inconsistency from the young guys. And one game, Brandon Ingram will go off. The next game, it's Kuzma. The next game, it's Lonzo. So, I, I, liked, I liked what he said about the developing the young players. I think that's a huge key, and that's something that they really got to focus on. I also loved that he emphasized that the Lakers need to focus on basketball and not just the outside noise. Because I think that that was a lot of the reason for their struggles last year. I mean, they were focused a lot on the media – it seemed that they weren't always focused on basketball at times. Uh, the young guys were in the media. The, they were being dragged through the media. LeBron was being dragged through the media. And I think that that really brought them down as a team. So hopefully next season they can really just drown out the outside noise and focus only on, solely on basketball. Yeah, absolutely. You are right about that. So now with that being said, we, we talked about Magic Johnson's comments on Rob Palenka on the Lakers on ESPN first take. Do you, do you have any more reaction to that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's been pretty disappointing to see. Cause I, I really, as a fan of the Lakers, I, I don't want to see this turmoil in the office and this backstabbing and this betraying that's going on, but it's out in the open now. And, and I am happy that magic Johnson was honest about this and, and really came out and just told everybody straight up, like, this is how it's, this is how it went down. And, and I really respect him for his honesty, but I mean, he felt betrayed. I, I understand now why he stepped down. And, and it's hard to work in an office where you're feeling betrayed at all times from everyone around you. And I think that Jeannie Buss was also a big, big problem to blame, not just Rob Polinka, because she doesn't even seem to be – she doesn't even act like the owner at times, it feels like. She's just kind of doing things that people are telling her to do. And she's getting noise from all around the office and all these people outside the Lakers organization are telling her what to do. And I think that she really just needs to step up and take advice from the people within the front office of Lakers rather than the outside noise, which is what at times she seemed to focus more on rather than the, the inside, inside the front office with Magic Johnson. And, and I feel like he didn't get as much of um, just as much leeway as he wanted to. And he, he didn't get to be involved in as many decisions as he wanted to. And I think that was a huge problem for them last year. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. So now let's do our recap of the 2019 Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. So what was your grade on both of them? So for the Western Conference Finals, I give that a C because that went quickly. 
but the Eastern Conference Finals, I give that an A+. Yeah, I'm right with you. I mean, the the Western Conference Finals, it was it was it was what we expected, I think. Uh the, it wasn't it wasn't much of a surprise. I expected the Trailblazers to give up a, to put up a little bit more of a fight. And I mean, they did at some games. They were close, but they just couldn't find a way to win. And um like I said in our past podcast, uh, the Warriors just simply had too much star power compared to the Blazers, and I think that that's why they just dominated that series, obviously. And and the Blazers pride themselves in that backcourt as well. And in this series, the Warriors clearly had the better backcourt, and the, the Blazers' backcourt was just non-existent in this series. As for the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm right with you. I'll give it an A+. Plus. And um, it was a fantastic series all around, just as we all expected. Uh, Kawhi did not disappoint. He, the man's a bona fide star. It is funny to me that in just one year, Kawhi's kind of just become the best Raptor ever and, and brought this team to their first championship ever. That could happen, that's for sure here. So that being said, everybody, uh, let's do a preview of the 2019 NBA Finals. It, I think it's going to be a great series. Not going to be a sweep. I think it's going to be a very, very exciting NBA Finals this year. And I was looking forward to a different NBA Finals showdown. I want it this year to be more exciting. <laughs> Not like last year when the Warriors obviously slept LeBron and the Cavs. Right, and I think that we Look, will see. I felt like... like last year, I was like, you know what? If the series was up through nothing, then I already know who was going to win the series. Right, and I think that the reason why we'll see a much more exciting series this time around is because the Warriors stars are, aren't all going to be 100% healthy. I mean, you look at Kevin Durant, he, he might be coming back. I'd say, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think we'll see him until at least game three. And even when we do see him, he's not going to be 100% healthy. But with that being said, he's still Kevin Durant. He's still going to shine. He's still going to have the big games. But he will not be 100% healthy. And DeMarcus Cousins is a whole other story. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. He did have a pretty tough injury here, and it wasn't too long ago. So I hope that they don't try to rush him back and injure him even more. But there's a chance. And I think that that's what could give the the Raptors a bit of a chance here. And, and Kawhi, But Kawhi Leonard's going to have to – he's going to have to shine. I mean – He's going to have to continue his dominance, and he's going to need to get some big-time production from players like Siakam and, and Kyle Lowry because if these guys get shut down in this series or they have their inconsistent woes that they've had these playoffs, they're not going to win this series, and it's not even going to be close. So I need to see some production from Siakam and Lowry because those are going to be the big keys for the Raptors going forward in this series. Absolutely. So with that being said, everybody um... – Here's my pick for the 2019 NBA Finals. I'm actually going to go on a limb here. And I picked the Toronto Raptors to win the NBA Finals in seven games. And my pick to be the NBA Finals MVP is Kyle Lowry. Well, I'm I'm going the complete opposite path of you. I think that the Warriors, as much as I want to, I really want to pick the Raptors. I, I it, everything is telling me I, I just I really want to pick the Raptors, but that would be an emotional pick, and I got to go with the logical pick here, and it's the Warriors. They're they're just too dominant, and if Kevin Durant comes back, he's still going to have a big game. He won't be 100% healthy, but he's still going to be a star in the court. So I think that he'll run away with it. And uh, Kyle Lowry, I just I, I couldn't ever see him being a Finals MVP. I mean, I think that the guy's going to get locked down in this series. I hate to say it, I love Kyle Lowry, but I, I just don't see a big big series from him. I've, he's always been my favorite player on the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry has. But I also like other guys like Pascal Siakam and also OG Ananobi. Fred Van Fleet is a, is a stud. But mm-hmm. here's what I picture. If the Warriors win, my pick for NBA Finals MVP would be 
I'm going to do a co-recipient of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, the Splash Bros. And it, it wouldn't be much of a surprise. I'm just going to say I think Steph Curry will be the MVP just because he's really shined with Kevin Durant out here, and I think that he's going to continue to do so in at least the first two games. Um, I think that after game two, they'll be tied up, though. I think that the Raptors will steal will, – will get one at home and within the first two games. But um, I think that the Warriors will – Towards the towards around game three and four, they'll, they'll start to run away with this series. Absolutely. So you and I are on opposite directions of the spectrum of who you and I want to win the NBA Finals. So I'm I'm running a, I'm going on a limb, and I think I think it's Toronto that wins in seven because the Warriors have been there before and have won it so many times, and I feel like that the NBA right for now should crown a new champion. And I like Kawhi Leonard, one of my favorite players in the NBA. <laughs> Really excited to see him play the NBA Finals again. And I also think – and one of the reasons why I picked the Toronto Raptors is because I want to see Mark, Paul Gasol's brother Mark get a ring. Yeah, it would be, it would be really and, you know, cool Paul to see. Paul Gasol was a Laker, and Paul's yep. won two championships. And I want to see Mark Gasol get a taste of that blood. Yeah, it would be awesome to see. And, I mean, he deserves it. He's had a great career so far. But, um, yeah, it, I – I'm right there with you. I really want to see the Raptors win the series. They're going to be the ones that I'm rooting for. But if I, but with me having to pick, I got to go with the Raptors with the with the Warriors and it's just because I don't see the production coming from Lowry this series and Siakam's inconsistency is really scaring me because he's going to have to shine in this series for them to even have a chance. Absolutely. So with that being said, um we're going to take out the the final NBA power rankings until uh the end of the 2019 NBA Finals. So with the Lakers, let's talk about their draft strategies. I'm open to anything. Either they trade the number four pick or keep it. And if they keep the number four pick, you know who I expect the Lakers to draft? Cam Reddish. Because I feel like Cam Reddish will fit what we need in shooting. Yeah, well, I think that I think that the Lakers could get more in shooting if they just traded the pick. That That's the route that I hope that they choose. Because you look at some of the guys that they're, that they're in trade talks that – they're in trade talks trying to get you look at a guy like Bradley Beal I mean Beal to the Lakers just seems more and more like a possibility with every passing hour and every passing day I'd be thrilled if the Lakers could pull off a a trade headlining maybe Alonzo Ball and someone else in the fourth pick for Beal because Beal would bring a huge shooting uh compliment to, to LeBron James in that Lakers offense and I think he would be he would fit very nicely with LeBron James and I'd really love to see him there because I I don't want to see them give up too many young assets for Beal, but but I mean let's be honest. I mean the 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 Anthony Davis doesn't look like it's going to happen, and and it's just because I don't know if it's out of spite from the Pelicans or what it is. They don't want to help out another Western team, but it's look it doesn't look like Anthony Davis is going to happen. So I think that they got to go all in and get a star this offseason because if they're not if they're going to strike out in free agency, then they got to go and make this trade with Beal, and I think that that will end up with us not having that fourth round pick or that fourth pick in the draft. Oh, absolutely. You're right about that. So with that being said, guys, um, let's go on to the NFL and then let's break down our top five offenses and defensive teams heading into the 2019 season. For me, let's start off with the offensive side of the ball, which, you know, I'm an offensive minded fan in football and I love elite offenses. So here we go. Number one for me is the New England Patriots. Number two for me is the New Orleans Saints. Number three for me is the Green Bay Packers. Number four for me is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Number five for me is the L.A. Rams. And tied for fifth will be the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
For me, I've got I got the Saints at one, the Rams at two, the Chiefs at three, the Chargers at four, and the Cleveland Browns now at number five. And I, I leave the Patriots off this list just because of their lack of weapons in the in the receive in the receiving end on their offense. It, it, it kind of disappointed me that they weren't able to pick up too many big free agents in the uh, as far as wide receivers go this offseason. So I left them out of this list. They but got think, Demarius Thomas though, which I think that could really help. Yeah, but he he is coming off of a big injury, so I don't want to go I don't want to go all in on him quite yet. So, but if he can shine, I mean, he's going to be a beast, and if they can try to get Josh Gordon back, that'll be huge for that offense as well. But we'll see what happens because there's a lot of question marks in that receiving core for the Patriots right now, which is why I left them off this list. But the Saints, Rams, and Chiefs, I think that they'll start off right where they left off last season. You heard me say Chargers on my list, right? Yes, I also have the Chargers on my list at number four. And, but in uh, my opinion, the number one offense heading into the 2019 season is is my team, the New England Patriots. Yeah, and, and I mean, I can see where 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 you where you're coming from with that pick, but like I said, it's just it's just the receiving core's question marks that really that really freak me out for them. And I think that they'll have to really hope for some production from Demarius Thomas and Julian Edelman. So hopefully that he can come back off that injury. I mean, I'm rooting I'm rooting for Demarius Thomas to come back and be a star. But until then, I'm not going to put them in the top five. But Browns, and as for the Browns, I think the Chargers and Browns will begin to emerge as top offenses in the league next season. They've they really got some young stars. The Browns, I mean, we can go on and on about how great their offseason moves have been. And the Chargers have developed some really fantastic young players on that offense. And they've got some veteran presences as well, and a Keenan Allen and a Phillip Rivers. So I think that their offense is really going to shine next season. And then um, the the Browns will have to owe their offense success, obviously, to this, to these huge offseason moves, and um, they've fit some really big time players with some key young guys, and I, I think that that's going to be pretty scary for the rest of the league. All right, and now let's go to my top five defenses in football heading into the 2019 season. The number one ranked defense heading into the 2019 season is, um, I thought about it, but number one for me will be the Chicago Bears. Number two for me is the uh, Denver Broncos. No, sorry. Let me reset. Sorry. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> no so problem. Number one for me in top-ranked defense is heading into the 2019 season. I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers. Number two is the Los Angeles Rams. Number three for me is the Chicago Bears. Number four for me is the Denver Broncos. And number five for me is the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Well, for number one, I got the Bears. I just the Chargers. I have right at, right there, right behind them at number two. I got the Titans at number three. I got the Steelers at number four, and I got the Jaguars at number five. Uh, I left I left the Rams off this list just because of their inconsistencies of uh, of last season in the secondary. Although that could improve next season as they've added some pretty uh, key veteran presences on that defense and Eric Weddle and then Clay Matthews in the in the linebacker core. So. That that could change very easily this offseason, but f- or uh, this for of this upcoming season. But as for now, I, I I've left the Rams off of the top five defenses. The Bears they were the best last year, and I believe that they'll obviously hold that title again. The Chargers have developed their young defensive stars to perfection, so I think that that's what's really going to shine for the Chargers next year. You got guys like. Uh, Derwin James, Joey Boza, those guys are going to be some beasts. And Melvin Ingram, and, don't forget about Melvin. Right, Ingram. you can't forget about Melvin Ingram either. And and I think that 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 trio of young young guys on that defense is really going to be scary for the league next year. And the Titans, I mean, they they had a consistently solid defense last season. A lot of people sleep on them because their record wasn't great, but um, 
uh, they finished third in points and allowed uh, in points allowed and were eighth in yards and in, in yards allowed. So they finished top 10 and in, in some big time categories on defense. So I think they'll could uh, they'll continue that success in the next season. The Steelers. I pa- do think so. The Ste- I think the Titans and Steelers will be in the top 10 in defense, but I see Denver in that top five because I think Vic Fangio is going to do a heck of a job with that defense. And I think it's obviously led by Vaughn Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb. Right, and although I left the Broncos out of the top five, I mean, I, I, they're not far behind. I'd probably put them around the six or seven spot. I mean, so so don't get me wrong, but if I had to pick the five, those are the five I would stick with. But um, and and as for the Steelers' pass, the Steelers' pass rush alone is why is what makes them a top five defense to me. Like with guys like T.J. Watt, and then you got Bud Dupree and Cameron Hayward. I think that those guys, that freakish pass rush that the Steelers have, is really what's going to put them over the hump and then put them over the edge on defense. And then Jags, I have them at number five, and, and I think uh, they've possessed a fantastic defense since they made that AFC championship game in uh, January of 2000, in 2019. Or, sorry, 2018. But th- they, were, they were freakishly good, and, and I think that that defense is going to continue to shine for the Jaguars. And now that they finally got a good quarterback, um, hopefully that defense can help them out. And they've got a lot of young guys as well and some veteran presences. you got a Miles Jack. you got – Jalen Ramsey so this team's going to be pretty scary on defense and um, we've seen it for quite some time now from them and I think that we'll continue to see it next season absolutely you're absolutely right about that so you agree with me about Denver being in the top five in defense this year but really my prediction is who's going to lead the league in offense this year will be the Patriots and who will lead the league in defense for the uh, who will lead the league in defense is the uh, is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and um, for me, I had the Bears as the leading defense and the Saints as the leading offense. And then ob- obviously, uh, before we uh, before we uh, continue here on this show is a big announcement that I have for you, Austin. I don't know if you got the email, is that I have a new NFL show launching on Tuesday, September 3rd. It's called Lower Own Friends Inside the NFL, and it's, it's going to air every Tuesday, every Friday. If that works into your schedule, feel free to join me and then, and then another group of analysts as well to talk some football. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I, I'd love to be a part of it. I'm really excited about it. Are you? So I'll tell you that I'll tell you when our I'll tell you the time and all that when it gets closer when we're doing the first show of it. Sounds fantastic. It's going to be a great show. And also, um, I've been hearing that the NFL started CBA talks with the players union, and I do, and this gives me hope that I think a new CBA is going to happen. But before the 2020. Uh, before the 2020, uh, what you might call this, after the 2020 season concludes. Yeah, I mean, and that's a little ways away. Uh, but, but yes, I, I do believe that there will be that there will be a new CBA here very soon. Yeah, did you did you hear that that they started talking? But Jamari Smith said that he sent an email that he warned them about a possible lockout, and I don't believe that because Jamari Smith is not that good of a players union president. Right. Right. I didn't read too much into it, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you've said so far. I mean, I'm sure you know a little bit more about it than me right now. I haven't read too much into it, but yeah, I mean, I think that a new CBA will be coming very soon. It will be, that's for sure. So with that being said, guys, um, let's talk about now. Um, let's talk about now head coaches that are on the hot seat heading into the 2019 season. So my list isn't that big. So Coaching for their jobs heading into the 2019 season is Jay Gruden, Jason Garrett, and Ron Rivera. 
For me, I, I've got I've got Jay's brother. I got John Gruden, and I got Sean McDermott, Doug Marone, and Jason Garrett. You have John Gruden on the hot seat. I mean, he shouldn't be fired right now because he is he's he's the right coach for the Raiders for this rebuild team, you know, and the transition to Las Vegas. He's still he has not he has nine more years left in his current contract. Right, but I mean, he hasn't had a lick of success so far, and I mean, he's getting these st- he's getting a couple stars. He's got these top picks now, and these top picks are going to have to really provide some help for them. And Antonio Brown's going to have to shine too in that offense. And they've got a lot of problems and a lot of holes to fill still. And um, if they have another, I-, I don't think that they'll fire him right away. I mean, but yeah, he- he's he's reaching out of that hot seat for me, even though he's already only finished one year. He's just he he doesn't look like he's gelling well with this team. He's 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 been very outspoken about issues that should be kept inside the team, and um, I think for that reason I, I I've put him on my hot seat. Abs, I could get I could get what you're saying there. Everybody has their own opinions on that. So with that being said, um, let's talk about the reaction to Julian Edelman signing of the con- of the new contract. So I think this was good for the Patriots to keep Edelman for quite a long time because I think. He deserves to be a Patriot for life. Yeah, he does. He absolutely deserves it. And um, it doesn't come as a shock whatsoever. So it was definitely deserved. I mean, Edelman has done so much for this franchise, and, and it's really nice to see him him get rewarded for it. Um, I, I did expect the contract to be worth a little bit more, but it appears the Pats ended up with a bit of a discount, and uh, he ended up with the $12 million guaranteed, which is which is not too bad, but I did expect him to get a little bit more. He's he's going to go on a revenge tour after missing 2017 with that uh, torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely – I mean, he's already been a freak for the Patriots. He was last season. And uh, and he hasn't shown slimes of showing down, of slowing. No, I really – I mean, the only signs of slowing down that I've seen from him a little bit is – I mean, he had, he had a little bit of some up and downs and a little bit of inconsistencies last season, but it really didn't – really didn't hurt the Patriots all that much. And – he came back and uh, and won Super Bowl MVP. Absolutely. So, I mean, so that being said, um, so that being said, guys, um, now, uh, now let's talk about uh, now let's talk about uh, the 2019 NFL offseason previews with the LA Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. So, what was your draft grades on both the Rams and Chargers? Well, for the Rams, I think that they, I think that they did relatively well. I give them a B plus, and I, I liked a lot of their picks, like a Tyler Rapp and, and Daryl Henderson. I think those are going to be some two big time players for them. And um, yeah, I, I liked, I liked what they did. They didn't have any, um, they didn't have any picks in day one, but I think that they still ended up doing pretty well. And and I, uh, I'd give them an overall grade of a B plus. And um, as for the Chargers, I, I give them a B plus as well. I think that they did pretty pretty damn well, and I think they did really well in day one. If I had to grade that day, I'd give them about an A minus right there, because uh, I I love their pickup in Jerry Tillery. I think that he's going to be a beast for them. Will provide some length and athleticism, and um, I, I really liked uh, their pickup in offensive tackle Trey Pipkins out of uh, Suey Falls. I think that he's going to be a beast for them, and I think that he'll he's going to provide some much needed protection for Philip Rivers. Absolutely. I think I expect Trey Pipkins to be a day one starter for the for the Chargers at right tackle, uh, opposite of opposite of uh, what you would call this, opposite of uh, what you what was I gonna say, opposite of uh, 
the opposite of uh, of Russell Alcone. Okay, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, and um, I think that you're spot on with that. I th- I think that um that that Pipkins is definitely going to be a big force for that offensive line, and that was one of their bigger holes that they really need to fill this offseason. And I think that he'll be a key help in filling that hole. What were you saying? I think that he'll be a huge help in filling that hole on the offensive line because that was their much that was what they really needed this offseason. That was what I think that they focused most on. Absolutely. You're right. You're right about that. So with that being said here, let's talk about the biggest off. So I give the Rams and Chargers a B minus on, on this draft. It was a great draft for both teams. And my my favorite offseason moves for the Rams and Chargers is for the Rams, Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews. And for the Chargers, Thomas Davis. Yeah, for, the, for me, the Rams, I think that my favorite, if I just had to pick one, it'd be Eric Weddle. Weddle brings a much-needed leadership position and a veteran presence into that Rams secondary who was inconsistent at times last season and did end up costing them a few games. So I think that he'll provide some some immediate help for the Rams and um, and be a huge leader for this team. As for the Chargers, I, I've been uh, – they've had a relatively quiet offseason, but their biggest addition to me has been Thomas Davis from the Panthers. I think that he'll help out that linebacker core big time. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for the Chargers there. And he's also he'll also be a solid veteran presence as well for them. So um, he wasn't the best linebacker on the market, but still helps fill a large hole that the that the Chargers were desperate to fill. Yeah, and also uh, they extended Denzel Perriman. Tyrod Taylor is going to be a good backup to Philip Rivers, so that's also pretty good. And also, I've also liked Blake Bortles as the back of the golf. I felt bad for him that he didn't succeed in Jacksonville. That I was expecting him to be the franchise quarterback in Jacksonville. But I feel like that that Bortles, this is going to be a good reset button for him. Yeah, and I mean, Blake Bortles, he's not a horrible quarterback, but I think that um, I think he's a backable quarterback. I mean, that, I think that that's what his role in this league is, and I think that honestly, that's a huge signing for for these uh, for, for the Rams right now. And I think that he'll he'll be a fantastic backup to Jared Goff, and. Um, I think that that's going to be his his uh, position going forward, though, in the NFL, unfortunately. I think that he'll be consistently a backup quarterback no matter where he goes. Absolutely. So, with that being said, the dumbest offseason moves for the Rams and Chargers, start with the Rams, they lost C.J. Anderson. And for the Chargers, why would they let go of Tyrell Williams? And now he's a member of the Oakland Raiders. For me, uh, I think the Rams re-signing Dante Fowler wasn't, the smartest move. I mean, if I had, they didn't make too many dumb moves this season. But the only reason why I say that this wasn't the smartest is just because I think that they really overpaid him. Um, he he was a decent player for the Rams, but he was inconsistent at times. And I think that they overpaid for a player who has had his inconsistencies and his health problems. So, uh, I mean, he ended up. You look at his contract. He ended up making somewhere around the same as Justin Houston. Uh, what Justin Houston's getting from the Colts, and um, I just think that Justin Houston is a much more productive player. And I think that he's the one who deserved that contract. And in this scenario, Dante Fowler didn't really deserve the 14 million and 12 million guaranteed in, in just one year. But um, yes, Fowler has a lot of potential and um, he hasn't quite proven himself yet, but we'll see how it goes next season. I mean, he did only have four sacks last season. And so his production was a little down and that's just why I, I don't have that as the Rams smartest move this off season. As for the chargers, um, I didn't think they made too many dumb moves either, but if I had to pick one, I think it'd be the re-signing of Denzel Perryman just because of his his health issues. I mean, when he's on the field, this guy is a beast. He's very, very good. 
But um, he's a big name player, and I mean, he could he could play some real good football. But Perryman has finished two of the last three seasons on injury reserve, which really scares me. And um, that that's the only reason why I have him is uh, that's such a smart move for the Chargers. What was that? What was not the smart move for the Chargers? They're re-signing of Denzel Perryman. Denzel Perryman's not bad. But... No, he's a great player when he's playing on the field. But like I said, he, he finished the la- two of the last three seasons on the injury reserve, which really scares me. I mean, his health is his health is in question what seems to be every year now. So uh, that, that just worries me a little bit. And But, I mean, when he's on the field, yes, he's a productive player and he, he's a beast for the Chargers. But, when, I mean, how, how, how many games is he going to be off of the field is, is the real big question there. Absolutely. So my favorite offensive and defensive draft picks for the Chargers is uh, Jerry Tillery, Nasir Adderley, and Trey Pipkins. And for the Rams, Daryl Henderson and uh, Taylor Rapp. For the Rams, for me on offense, it's running back uh, Daryl Henderson, just because I think that he fills that that second string hole that C.J. Anderson left behind. And I mean, watching him in Memphis, he, he was a beast. I think that he could be a beast for this uh, Rams offense. And I mean, who knows? He could end up carrying a bit heavier of a load than we thought. I mean, yeah, Malcolm Brown will probably start the season as the backup to Todd Gurley. But I mean, if, if Todd Gurley continues to deal with these uh, left knee problems, we could see a, see a bit of an increase in a workload for him immediately in his rookie season. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty uh, interested to see what happens with him going forward. And I'm, I'm excited about Daryl Henderson. As for defense for the Rams, I think that uh, defensive back Taylor Rapp out of Washington is going to be a beast. He's my favorite defensive pick for them. Uh, I think he's going to provide some solid depth behind uh, veteran presences like in, like Eric Weddle and John Johnson III. So I'm, I'm really excited about him going forward for them. And for the Chargers on offense, uh, like I said a little bit ago, offensive tackle Trey Pipkins. Uh, I think that he's a beast. He's going to be he, – he fills that much-needed hole that the Chargers have been desperately trying to find a way to fix in that offensive line. I think that he's going to be a starter to begin the season and um, be an immediate impact in improving Phillip Rivers' protection going forward. As for the defense, I think Jared Tillery. He's uh, The Chargers only have three defensive tackles on their roster, so Tillery was a much-needed draft pick. He'll provide some great length and athleticism on the D-line. And, and um, Tillery did tear his uh, labrum in his final year at, at Notre Dame, but he's since been cleared for contact since March. So I don't think it's really much of a concern. So I'm pretty excited about him going forward. Absolutely. So that being said, guys, um, let's talk about uh, the Rams and Chargers offensive and defensive rookies of the year. For the Rams, uh, Henderson and Rapp. And for the Chargers, Pipkins, Tillery, and uh, – and uh, and Nasir Adderley. Well, not much to say for me here because I picked my uh, favorite offensive and defensive draft picks strictly based on who I thought would be the rookie of the year for these teams. So, yeah, my mine are the exact same, and it's going to have to be the guys uh, running back Daryl Henderson for offense and then uh, Taylor Rapp for defense uh, for, the, for the Rams. And then for the Chargers, Trey Pipkins, like I said, and uh, Jerry Tillery on defense. Absolutely. So now let's talk about the breakout players for both teams. So for the Chargers, uh, Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon will break out this year. And Hunter Henry, I don't want to forget about him. And on defense, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram, and uh, and Joey Bosa. I, I slipped by saying Gordon. I meant Melvin Ingram. But for the Rams, uh, Cooper Cup, I expect him to have a great bounce back season. 
Gerald Everett's going to continue to grow into an elite tight end for this Rams team. And on defense, John Johnson, the, the third, along with John Franklin Myers. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's really not much for me to say there. I agree with all those. And um, a lot of those guys are some veteran presences who are really going to shine next year for their, for, their, uh, for their team. So, yeah, I'm excited for those guys going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, um, let's talk about the schedule. Let's highlight some games to look forward to on both schedules for the Rams and Chargers. So let's start with the Rams first. I'm looking forward to seeing the Rams play that week two matchup against your New Orleans Saints in that in that pivotal and most anticipated NFC title game rematch that that Saints fans were all complaining about. And you know what I'm talking about, the, <laughs> the no pass interference call. And, yep. the, and for the Chargers, I'm looking forward to seeing them play their game against the Chiefs in Mexico City. Yeah, I, I'm – I mean, obviously, as a Saints fan, I'm extremely excited for that uh, week two matchup. And uh, as a football fan, it's pretty nice that we don't have to wait too long to get it. I mean, it's coming right there at the beginning of the season. Uh, for the Chargers, yeah, I'm excited to see them play in Mexico City. I, uh, if I remember correctly, it didn't really work out last season due to some uh, field issues down in Mexico City. So hopefully it'll work out this season. and We'll get to see a fun NFL game in, in Mexico. Do you agree with my breakout players on the current roster for the for the Padre, for the Chargers and Rams? Like I picked Cooper Cup and uh, and John Johnson and Gerald Everett. You you're, you agree with those? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Cooper Cup's kind of already broken out. I mean, he's a beast, and uh, yeah, I agree with those players one hundred percent. Absolutely. So so let's talk about our projected record for the Rams and Chargers in twenty nineteen. So I say both teams go thirteen and three and win their prospective divisions. I think that uh, the Rams are going to go 12-4. and four. I think that they'll still be right atop at the NFC. Uh, I expect another big year of the Rams. You meant, you, did you mean NFC West? Well, I just meant at the top of the NFC Conference. Oh, uh, I, thought NFC, I thought you meant like – because I predicted in the NFC, I, pre- I predict the Saints to get home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Yeah, as do I. But I think that the Rams will be right at the top of the NFC right in that second position. And yes, obviously. Either second or third. I think Green Bay will get second because I think Aaron, it would be due for Aaron Rodgers to have a bye week. Yeah. I'm older, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too high on the Packers for next season. They didn't look great last season. I mean, they'll definitely improve this season, and they may get into the playoffs, but I don't see them as a top three seed in the NFC. But I yeah, do, in my opinion, because don't give up. I, I I don't give up on Aaron Rodgers, you know? No, I mean, neither do I, but, I mean, you kind of had to give up on him last season because it was they, they weren't great. last season. It was more Mike McCarthy. He was the issue. Sure, sure, but, I mean, he's got to take some of the blame. I mean, he's the starting quarterback for them, and, and that defense is a lot to blame, too. I mean, yes, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. He's still the best. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league right now. So, I mean, he's not all to blame. It's not all his fault. But, I mean, the defensive inconsistencies, the offensive inconsistencies, that team, they've got some holes to fill, and I don't think that they filled them enough this offseason to start talking about them being a top three team in the NFC. But that's that's another story. And, and But I'll say – I'll go back to the Rams here I think that they'll be 12 and 4 I think that they will be right back at the top of their division and I think that they'll be right at the top of the NFC obviously um they did have some key losses in players like Nadam Kinsu and um that that could be a problem in their run run defense next year but I don't think it'll slow them down too much and um if Gurley can stay healthy and this defense can improve just a tad bit in the secondary I don't see why they wouldn't be back atop of the NFC 
All right, okay, so with that being said, uh, before we end this, I want to get your thoughts on what were your thoughts on the Dominican Sioux being a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, with them with them getting rid of Gerald McCoy, it's a huge signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm it's scary to have Ndamukong Sue in the NFC South now. I mean, I don't want to play him two games a season, but you are going to play him two yeah, games a season. And exactly, Ndamukong Sue is going to make that defense look good, and I think Vita Vey will really learn from him. Yeah, I mean th- this this uh, Tampa Bay defense is definitely going to step it up here next season. I think that they'll be a pretty good defense. I mean, they still have their offensive problems, which is why I don't see them being too much of a threat in the NFC South. But with the addition of Nadamik and Sue, this defense is pretty 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 scary here. And Vita Vey is emerging as a as a better defensive tackle in the league as well. So yeah, I mean they're a scary defense going forward, and I I really like this signing for the Bucks. But as a Saints fan, I don't like the signing because I don't want to play them two times a year. You'll be fine because I think the the Bucs twice, and I do expect the Saints to win all six of their divisional games. Yeah, I think they'll do pretty well in their division this year. I I don't know about the close win for the Saints will be is against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think both games will be close against the Atlanta Falcons. No matter how, I mean, no matter how bad each team is. I mean, if the Saints are having the down year, if the Falcons are having the down year, no matter what it is, when those two teams come together, it's it's normally decided by a one possession game. So. I, I think that um, I wouldn't be surprised if they split that series next year. I hope that the Saints can just grab both of them against the Falcons, but it's always a toss-up for those games. So I don't see them going 6-0 and in their division, but um, I think that they'll definitely do, do pretty damn well uh, in their division next year. My question for you is on the Saints. What role will Latavius Murphy have? Is right now Alvin Kamara your number one back? Do you think Latavius Murray will be the power back? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that Alvin Kamara is the lead back. But Latavius Murray, about his production going forward, I, I mean, you look at Mark Ingram of last season, I think that Latavius Murray is going to provide that similar compliment to Alvin Kamara. I think he's a really good receiving back, and um, I think Champagne's going to find some pre- cre- pretty creative ways to really um, meld him into this offense and make him a beast going forward, just like he did with Mark Ingram. And um, sad to see him go, but I think that Latavius Murray was a great signing for the Saints because they're really not dropping off that much with without Mark Ingram after they're getting Murray here because he, he's another good he's another good running back in this league and I think that um, Sean Payton will definitely help him come into this offense and just emerge as a as that second string back and a nice compliment to Alvin Kamara. And another question is for you about the Saints is Jared Cook. You think Drew Brees is going to love throwing to Jared Cook? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't. I, Drew Brees loves throwing to tight ends. I mean, you look at his tight ends in the past, and you look at a Benjamin Watson, you look at Jimmy Graham, you look at Jeremy Shockey. He, he loves to throw to those tight ends, and um, he's got another big-time tight end. And um, when you give him a top tight end in the league, it's it's very scary. And that Saints offense has always been scary with a solid tight end. And they're usually finishing the top three when their tight end is one of the better ones in the league. So I think that that's pretty scary that the that the Saints were able to go out and get Jared Cook, who really shined last season as he's uh, – at 32 years old, and I think that he'll continue to shine in a better offense in the Saints next year with Drew Brees at the helm. I actually, speaking to the Saints, from a Patriots fan perspective, I really like this Saint. I really like watching the Saints because they're a fun team. And even though you guys have Malcolm Brown, who used to be on my team, Malcolm Brown would be a good addition for you guys. But also, my question for you is my other next question for you is. What's the role that Taysom Hill's going to have? You think he's going to be a running back, or you think he's going to be more of that kick return man? 
or be a cat and throw. Well, I don't think that you'll see much of a change in that. I think that um, I think he'll continue to have that heavy have that heavy load uh, like he did this season because Taysom Hill. I mean, he's a he's a beast, and I think that you'll see him more in the wildcat formations like he did last season. Because I mean, he could throw the football, and he proved it at times last year. He's, he's got a bit of an arm. He could really throw the long ball and extend it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about him, and I, I think that he'll continue to have that heavy workload in Sean Payton's offense because, I mean, he raves about him, and he, he seems to be obsessed with him at times. I mean, he really loves Taysom Hill, the Mormon missile. So, um, yeah, I expect him to have another big load in the in the offense next season. It really tricked teams. I mean, there's there's going to be some more uh, there's going to be some more film on Taysom Hill next year, so teams might be able to stop him a little more often. But um, he, he was used all, all over the place. I mean, in the special teams, as a quarterback, as a running back. And I think that that won't change going the next season because of the success that they found with him at all those positions. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. So, so that being said, I'm going to tell you who wins the Gerald McCoy uh, free agent sweepstakes. And I think uh, the Green Bay Packers should sign him. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they need that help on defense. But um, – uh, the Saints have visited with him as well. I don't think they'll end up with him. It's looking like uh, it's looking like the Ravens are one of the favorites to sign him, and um, so I, I don't. I think that I, I think that the Ravens might end up getting him. He did stay overnight in Baltimore, and uh, they're hoping to get a contract going. I haven't seen the updates so far today on it, but last time I checked, he was staying in Baltimore overnight, and the Ravens were hoping to try to try to get a deal done with him, and we'll we'll see what happens here in the coming days. Yeah, we'll see about that. That's for sure. So, also, final thought for the NFL is: What do you think? What was your reaction about Ben Watson violating the league's substance abuse policy? He's going to be at missing the first four games of the season with the Patriots. But you know what? I do expect Ben Watson to be the number one tight end on my team for the Patriots. Yeah, it came as a bit of a shock to me, but um, I didn't really read too much into it, so I don't know a hundred percent of what's going on there. But you got to also take into consideration that the fact that he, he is coming out of retirement. I mean, he was planning to retire for some time. So I don't know what happened in that window of when he had, was planning to retire, what banned substance he may have used during that time. Maybe he used it because he didn't plan on returning back to the NFL, but um, I haven't seen any, uh, any word from him. I haven't heard any word from him or anything about that or any reports on what he's got to say about it. But yeah, it was a little, it came as a bit of a shock and um it is going to be a blow in those first four games for the Pats because uh, I was I was pretty excited to see how he would gel with Tom Brady. I mean, he was a he was a beast at times with Drew Brees, and I think that he's going to be a beast for Tom Brady as well once he gets off the suspension. Absolutely, that's for sure. Here, so with that being said, guys, for the final NBA thoughts, looking forward to the for an exciting NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited. I mean. I hate to see the Warriors in it again. I'd hate to see them win it again, but um, I'm, I, I, you can't not be excited for the NBA Finals. So, yeah, I'm absolutely excited, and I'm right there with you. With that being said, Austin, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Look forward to a good show next Wednesday. You too, my man. I look forward to it.